0: Alison, welcoming you to the 2350th edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper, dateline 13th of July, 2023. The readers this week are Alison, Jean, Chris and John, with Bill on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly. Ferdinand Boulon, Harry Bouyer. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent, the Enfield Dispatch, and some online sources and are their copyright. For the week beginning 17th of July, the sunrise time is 5:03. And the sunset time is twenty-one zero nine. We also have some special notices from the Site Loss Council. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking Newspaper, please phone Diane De Jersey on zero seven. 899 854 582. I will repeat that on 07 899 854 582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now, John will read the lead story.
1: Sight Loss Council had today announced a partnership with Lime, the world's largest provider of shared electric bikes and scooters, an initiative to ensure that the streets are safe and hazard free for all. Designed to educate riders on responsible parking, Site Loss Councils and Lime have launched a new in app messaging reminder Lime's users park con- considerably. This saves them leaving bikes all over the pavement so you can fall over them. Uh, To avoid obstructing the pavements for blind and partially sighted people, riders will be encouraged to press an in-app button committing to safe parking for the whole community. And shown samples of the lived experience of irresponsible parking on people with sight loss. Quite dangerous, really, if there's a bike across the pavement. Uh, the Southlust Council, funded by Thomas Pilkington Trust, are regional groups led by blind and partially sighted volunteers. Together, they work with organisations to ensure that what they do is accessible and inclusive. The partnership comes to, in time when blind people and partially sighted people are reported that their valid, value street safety is more and more important.
2: Enfield Southgate MP. Suspended by Labour. Enfield Southgate MP, Bambos Charolumbus, has been suspended following a complaint from a Labour Party colleague that he had sexually assaulted her, the dispatch understands. Charolumbus had the Labour whip removed by party bosses on 9th of June, but it was only reported at the time that there had been a formal complaint made over his conduct with no further details. Labour sources have since linked Chalumbus to national media reports from May when it was reported, initially by website Tautas but also outlets including The Guardian and the BBC, that a female Labour MP claimed she had been sexually assaulted by a male shadow minister. Chalumbus had been serving on leader Keir Starmer's shadow front bench until he stepped down from the role at the time of his suspension. The dispatch contacted both Chalumbus and the Labour Party regarding the link between the national media stories from May and last month's suspension of the Enfield Southgate MP. Neither denied the connection. The alleged incident was reported to have taken place after a summer party in London nearly two years ago. The national media reports stated that the female MP made a complaint to the Metropolitan Police as well as Labour MIPS, my apologies, as well as Labour whips in March this year. But the Met stated in May that, at the victim's request, the incident will not now be investigated at this time. However, the dispatch understands that the incident was subsequently reported via the Labour Party's official complaints process last month, leading to the suspension of Charolumbus within 24 hours. An investigation was ongoing at press time. A suspension of Labour Party membership and removal of the whip carries no presumption of guilt. Lumber said in a statement, I am aware that there is an allegation that requires investigation by the Labour Party. It is right and proper that the process is allowed to take place. I will cooperate fully and play my full part It is not appropriate to say anything further at this time. The Enfield Southgate MP was first elected to the House of Commons at the 2017 general election, defeating former Conservative MP David Burroughs. He won again in 2019 with a slightly reduced vote share and was appointed as a shadow minister shortly afterwards. Charolumbus is also a former councillor, having represented Palmers Green at Enfield Civic Centre for 24 years.
3: Uh, This is Jean and I'm reading from the Palmers Green community online. Murder investigation launched after stabbing in Palmers Green. Police were called at 2350 hours on Tuesday, the 11th of July, to reports of a group of people fighting in Berkshire Gardens and 13. At around the same time, a man attended a North London hospital with a stab wound. Despite the efforts of medical staff, he died a short time later. Officers are working to identify the man and inform his next of kin. Detectives from the Met's Specialist Crime Command have begun a murder investigation and inquiries ongoing to establish the circumstances. Detective Chief Superintendent Carolyn Hayes, Haynes, I beg your pardon local policing commander in North London said quote, "Every death on the streets of London is a tragedy." and a dedicated team of officers are working to piece together how this man lost his life. We are at an early stage of the investigation, and police will remain in the area throughout the day as these inquiries are carried out. I recognize this incident will cause concern among the community in Palmers Green. However, I would like to reassure you that there is nothing to suggest there is a wider risk to the public as a result of this incident. A post-mortem examination will take place in the coming days. Anyone with information about the incident is asked to call 101, quoting CAD8977, 11 July. To remain anonymous, contact the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 11. And now an article
0: from the Enfield Dispatch with the headline Cattle Ready. Herds of docile red pole cattle are set to begin roaming Forty Hall Estate and Trent Park this month after Enfield Council was given the green light by councillors to launch a 12-month trial. It is hoped the cows will bring environmental benefits to the parks by better managing grassland habitats and boosting biodiversity. However, the project has been criticised by Conservative councillors who claimed the cows would pose a safety risk to park visitors. So Passer Forty Hall estate will be overtaken by beasts, that was inverted commas, under Enfield Council's plans to introduce grazing cattle, Conservative councillors warned. The opposition group said the animals would pose a safety risk and put people off visiting the historic estate, despite council chiefs' attempts to reassure them that the docile breed would be carefully managed to avoid harm. Plans to introduce the red pole cattle at Forty Hall Estate and Trent Park were announced by the council last year, and a 12-month trial scheme was set to be launched in early July. It's hoped the animals will help manage grassland and boost biodiversity. But the Tories urged a rethink at an overview and scrutiny committee, claiming the grazing herds would reduce public access to Forty Hall although they did not oppose the introduction of cattle to Trent Park. Reese Fox, who led the call-in, told the meeting he and his White Web's ward colleagues believed the plan was not safe. In response, Council Park's director Cheryl Heeden said officers had been advised by specialists that the red pole is the more docile breed of cow and the best type to use for this. She added that they had a robust project plan and risk assessments.
1: I can think of many comments to follow that with and all will remain inside my brain and nowhere else. I also have an article from the Enfield Dispatch and it's entitled Enfield Rental Market Chaotic as Prices Soar. Enfield's private rental market has been described as chaotic and chronic lack of supply, coupled with soaring demand and leading to faster prices for decades. The renter's now struggling to even book a viewing for available properties, with local estate agents telling the dispatch they get inundated with calls as soon as they promote a property for a listing. With many landlords now deciding to sell up or take their homes off the rental market, in many cases because of rising mortgage costs and also made letting in unviable, I beg your pardon, unviable. The problem is particularly acute in Enfield, where a lack of social housing compared to other London boroughs means that there's a long-term over-reliance on cheap rental homes and they're trying to make up the gap. Rachel Circus, director of the MPL branch of the Belvedere Estate agents, told the dispatch, It's a bit chaotic. We're trying to put something on the market and we get inundated with calls. We take it off uh, within 24 or 48 hours and arrange half a dozen viewings, and most of them will put an offer in. You see, some people wonder if it's worth looking at in the first place, really because they know there's a very good chance that someone will beat them to it. Rachel said that Belvedere had let out two-bedroom property in the EN3 area late last year for £1,250 a month, but just let it again for £1,400 a month. So that's quite a considerable increase. Rachel also said that she knew some someone who had sofa surfed for three months because they'd been unable to find anywhere to live. Angela uh ah, beg your pardon, Andrew Ride, co-founder of the Chamberlain Estates in Winchmore Hill, painted a similar picture. They have exactly the same thing where they're putting stuff on the market and immediately it's been taken up. The answer, according to Enfield Council, is they need to build far more genuinely affordable and social rent homes, something the borough has performed very poorly on.
2: Coroner, to look into baby's sudden death. Baby died suddenly on Portuguese holiday. A rather sad story, this. An Enfield couple are planning a legal battle against the Portuguese authorities after their baby suddenly died during a family holiday. Ten-month-old Adonis Paul La Rochelle died on May the 19th at the Portemois Hospital in the Algarve. The Portuguese government insists he received proper treatment, but parents Desa and Paul said the hospital was in, quote, chaos. All I could see is nurses going in and out of the room, crying, said Paul. One fainted, and they had to take her to another room. They were all arguing amongst themselves, said Desartes. In a tearful interview, the couple said they were left in the hospital's main corridor for hours, their grief on display to a constant stream of people, before being manhandled into a room and told by a woman in a cleaner's uniform that Adonis was dead. When they went to view him, said Desar, he was already stiff, leading them to believe he had died long before they were informed, as rigor mortis usually takes two hours to set in. Adonis's death is now under investigation by the North London Coroner's Service. Portugal's union of pre-hospital emergency technicians has since raised concerns about Adonis's tragic death. Union President Rui Lazaro claimed that an ambulance which should have been available to transport Adonis to another hospital was closed due to lack of a doctor, hence the wait for a helicopter. The closure of ambulances due to lack of professionals has been worsening throughout the National Territory with neither the government or the National Institute of Emergency Medicine having expressed any desire to reverse this scourge, he alleged. The Institute did not respond to a request for comment. We put all of Desartes and Paul's allegations to the hospital and the Portuguese Ministry of Health. The hospital did not respond. The Ministry of Health said the hospital had already internally evaluated Adonis's case and found appropriate paediatric care was provided. Unfortunately, the deterioration of the clinical situation could not be reversed, it said
3: quite right, a distressing story and my all of our hearts break for the family. But to more mundane matters, home start to league season for Ignatians. Enfield Ignatians will start the 2023-24 County's One Hearts Middlesex season on home soil. Chesnut will be the first visitors on the first day of the new campaign, September 16th, before Ignatians head to Hampstead a week later. After hosting Ryslip September 30th, Ignatius visit Hitching October 7th, entertain London Scottish Lions on the 14th of October, and travel to Chiswick on October 21st. After a blank weekend, they return to action at home against Datchworth November 4th, travel to North London neighbours Finchley, November 11th, and host Old Streetonians, November 18th. Then, after another weekend off, they welcome Wellen, December 2nd, visit Hackney, December 9th, and host Hampstead in their last match of 2023 on December 16th. The new year begins with a trip to Ricelip, January 6th, home game against Titchin a week later, and a trip to the London Scottish Lions, January 20th. After entertaining Chiswick, January 27th, and visiting visiting Datchworth, February 3rd, they are due for another blank weekend before Finchley visit, February 17th. Trips to Old Stretonians, March 2nd, and Wellen, March 16th, are followed by their final home game against Hackney, March 23rd, with the trip to Chesson to finish on April 6th. Now a
0: letter sent to the Enfield Independent by someone who feels that our leaders are out of touch with the common man. It is difficult to know for whom to potentially vote for these days. Starting with our leaders, we have Rishi Sunak, a man who married into wealth and is consequently worth some £700 million. He is 100% with us, apparently, as we face unprecedented worsening standards of living. Clearly, obviously out of touch, we can discount him. Crossing the divide over to Labour, we have Sakir Starmer. Similarly benefiting from a privileged start in life, he too cannot resonate the experience of the common man or woman. And so, where to turn? Well, I have faith in Angela Rayner and Rachel Reeves, Deputy Labour Leader and Shadow Chancellor, respectively. At least these two politicians started out understanding the lives of their constituents without the benefit of a silver spoon, remaining, as far as I can see, true to their roots. And so I find myself drawn to labour. At least some in the highest levels of command can resonate with their constituents. And this letter was sent by Robert Cage.
1: Oddly politically biased at all, really. I think with all this bad news, it's about time we had some good. And the chicken shed on the... Uh, 21st of July, I've got a stand-up comedy night, um, and there are at least, let let me see, seven stand-up comedians. The tickets are £12 each, so that's The Chicken Shed, which you can find at 290 Chase Side N14, or you can go online and uh, book the tickets, which is thechickenshed.org.uk. Go along and have a good laugh.
2: Now, just a note that we've given in the past, but we thought we'd remind you of it again. It's about Enfield Vision. Enfield Vision are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. They are registered with the Charity Commission and as an organization with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. They hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushill Park, Enfield. And apparently their exercise classes are now running again. So some few dates for the rest of the year Thursday 17th of August Thursday 21st of September Thursday 19th of October and Thursday 16th November If you'd like any more information about Enfield Vision please contact them on 0208 373 62 or email information at enfieldvision.org.uk.
3: And again, I get to read a sad one. Teen may have been attacked. A teenager found dead by police have cra- may have crashed after being attacked. Police were called at 5 p.m. on Monday the 10th to reports of an injured male, 18, in Constable Crescent, Haringey. Officers responded with the London Ambulance Service. Despite the effort of the emergency services, the 18-year-old was pronounced dead at the scene at 5.28 p.m. Police said he may have been riding a moped and collided with a parked car after being attacked. Officers are working to confirm the nature of his injuries and establish where the initial incident took place. No arrests have been made. A crime scene is in place, and inquiries are ongoing. The teenagers next of kin are aware, police said. Police ask any witnesses or those with material that could assist them to call 101, citing crime reference number CAD, Five seven, five six seven eight. Stroke three. July. Alternatively, call the independent crime-fighting charity Crime Stoppers anonymously, on zero eight hundred five 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 one one one. You will not have to give your name nor appear in court. You could be forgiven for thinking that the headline.
0: King Seeks Safe Haven from Plague, referred to a current news story. However, it actually refers to a part of Enfield's heritage. The following article was written by local historian David Pam and appeared in the Enfield Gazette on Friday, December the 29th in the year 2000. When Queen Elizabeth died in 1603... King James of Scotland set off on the long journey south to assume the throne of England. By April 1604, preparations were in hand for his arrival at Theobalds, Sir Robert Cecil's great mansion in Cheshunt. There he proposed to stay for a while to avoid the plague, which was raging in London. Enfield at that time was the scene of widespread discontent, Much of it had been caused by a grave shortage of wood for fuel. Too many trees had been cut and sold, and vast profits had been made. Even the shreddings from the wood after it had been cut down, which by ancient custom should have been left on the ground for the poor, had been gathered into faggots and sold for profit. Thus it was that Sir Robert Cecil, in preparation for the royal visit, sent carts to the chase to collect the fuel to which he was entitled. Or perhaps somewhat more, but his servants found themselves confronted by a large gathering of Enfield women who refused to allow the wood to be taken. A crisis had occurred, and it was only a few weeks before the arrival of the king. Messengers were hurriedly dispatched to the two most powerful justices in the area, Sir Vincent Skinner, who dwelt at the manor house, the palace as it was locally known, and Sir Robert Roth of Durance Arbour. They were required to deal with the situation with urgency. The following morning, the two knights rode out to the woods near Whitewebs, where some of the women were standing guard. There was no attempt to use force against them, and even the threats of force were muted. A compromise was sought and found. Some wood was allowed to be taken to Theobalds. Some were sent to Enfield House, that's Elsing, and all the shreddings were hereon after to be left on the ground for the poor. The two knights then rode slowly to their lodges and principal gates on the chase to declare the terms of the agreement. There is, of course, more behind the forbearance of the ruling classes, for in truth Sir Robert Roth was encouraging and supporting the women for reasons of his own and to demonstrate his immense power in the area. During the reign of James I, many prosperous London parents sent their babies to be cared for in the countryside away from the danger of disease and plague. Enfield was considered a safe distance, and many were brought to be nursed or wet-nursed here. Country women spent their married lives either pregnant or suckling, so there were always those able and willing to take on an extra burden for the money, even if it meant that their own child had to be weaned early. Many families were lifted out of poverty by the earnings of the wives. There is no way of knowing how many infants were brought here, but it must have been very many indeed, for the parish registers record the burial of 125 of these nurse children in St Andrew's churchyard in the ten years between 1604 and 1613. Plague was a frequent and unwelcome visitor in London. Charles I was forced to flee from Westminster in 1636 to seek safety from another visitation. He sought refuge in his great house at Theobalds, which the Crown had taken over from the Cecils. But there he became so worried that he might catch an infection from these innumerable children from London that he ordered that they should all be removed back to their homes. But three months later, finding his order had not been obeyed, he called upon the local magistrates to search the houses and see it done. Yet there is no indication that the number of nurse children at all diminished.
1: The Winchmore Hill North London Hospice launches a funding appeal. The North London Hospice is appealing for help as rising energy costs puts its services under pressure. The charity, which is based in Winchmore Hill, and Finchley have seen energy costs triple, putting a significant strain on its finances. Keeping patients warm and running essential equipment now cost the North London Hospice £450,000, up from just £133,000 in the previous year. The 1.4 million cost of caring for those with life-limited illnesses is mostly mostly checked by the charity's fundraising. But the cost-of-living crisis means the support are also feeling the pinch. Chief Executive Dexton Curran said, we aim to pro- provide the best of life and the end of life, so for us cutting back on eating and electrical supplies just isn't an option. We have a plan in place to ensure that we continue to deliver the best of care for our parents patients i'm sorry but these are challenging times
0: well we have reached the end of our program for this week thank you for listening so from the team of jean john chris and alison and bill on the controls it's
3: goodbye Bye. cheerio goodbye
0: please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. Before we go, this week we ask you all to please get in touch with Diane De Jersey in order to update all your details and to check that those we have are correct. And you can call Diane Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07 899 854 Two. That's 07899 854 582. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in one week's time.